Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Dirt and Sprague on Football Friday on 1080 The Fan. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along. Swaggering boisterously. This is a football Friday edition of Dirt and Spray. Brought to you by the ALNA Sportsbook. Watch the games in the region's largest video wall and wager on your team at the ALNA Sportsbook. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in hour number two. Dirt and Sprague with you. Good morning. Happy Friday. Get those Sprague Line sponsors in at 503 250 1080. We'll Sprague Line at 830. Uh, former Seahawk great K.J. Wright will join us coming up at the bottom of this hour. We'll talk some football stuff with K.J. Wright. And uh, we have a lot to get to the rest of the way. I, I want to dive right into Blazer playoff chatter. And by the way, we got a DM from one of our P1s who's a Duck alum uh-huh. giving us another Oregon Duck on Twitter last night saying, I'm out. I, I the Dylan Brooks and yeah. the Oregon thing. I'm out. I'm done. I mean, the flop against Utah is one of the worst basketball plays I've ever seen in my life. It's it, oh, it's I, like that's up there in a category. Like flopping is bad. It's the worst flop of all time in, in the sport. Yeah, it's hard to find a worse flop than that. There's a lot of bad ones. Like LeBron has one. Sure, where he fakes like he gets hit in the face and it's not even close. <laughs> Dylan Brooks jumping, flopping, and then flailing backwards after the whistle's called and the play is basically dead. When he wasn't even really touched to begin with. Nobody's next to him. It yeah. just, it, yeah, it's egregious. Uh, the Blazer trade chatta. We're six days away, my man. Let's go, baby. I'm fired up. When Danny and Dusty crack the mics next Thursday, the the deadline will be done. It'll be over. It'll okay. pass. Noon on Thursday is the Noon deadline? Noon on Thursday. We'll have all of the information, all of the trades. So just put that in your little notes that, like, when you turn on the fan right at noon, Danny and Dusty will instantly have all of the final trade transactions going. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of chatter about the Blazers. Uh, also, I, got, I wrote a couple of them down. I listened to all the podcasts yesterday. I got them down. I got ideas. We'll talk about this for about a half hour. I want to start with audio. Swag, let's let's do the Shams one. So Shams tweeted this yesterday. Uh, one instance of a player and the team that's curious about the player come the trade deadline. The Portland Trailblazers have emerged as a strong suitor for Utah Jazz forward Jared Vanderbilt. Sources tell me Portland is among a few teams showing interest in Vanderbilt who appears increasingly likely to be dealt ahead of the February 9th NBA trade deadline. Vanderbilt is averaging 8.5 points, 7.8 rebounds, and nearly three assists a game in 24 minutes per night for the Jazz in his fifth NBA season. And he was among the pieces that Utah acquired in the Rudy Gobert trade. So there you go. Sham Sharania last night saying Jared Vanderbilt in Utah. Portland is interested. I think if Shams is reporting this, it is far more serious than interested. Mm-hmm. I, I, it almost makes me want to say Portland's probably the front runner. So if you're looking for like, yo, who are we looking to bring in? We've mentioned Jared Vanderbilt on this show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also mentioned Malik Beasley in Utah. That could be a package deal as Utah is now going to tank and try to get into the Wimby sweepstakes even harder. But I would imagine Portland's one of, if not the front runner at this point for Vanderbilt trade. Yeah, I saw. I think it was Hiken that brought it up on Twitter yesterday. It's kind of nice and also frustrating at the same time to have a front office where it doesn't feel like they're leaking every bit of information to the national media and to one or two writers that you knew, like, hey, when Woj was going to send out a tweet, you knew he was a mouthpiece for Neil O'Shea, and that's where he was getting his information from. And it feels like a lot of what Portland is doing and thinking has been clouded in a little bit of secrecy here the last week or two. So to your point, to get to the level of Shams coming out, sending out a tweet, putting a video out saying Portland is a serious suitor for Jared Vanderbilt, there, there, there's something there. There's some smoke with this fire. And, I, you know, look, I, 
Is it going to be a home run trade that puts you into the Western Conference Finals? No, but it's probably the first in the line of the marginal moves that they're going to try and make. Vanderbilt's a six foot eight, six foot nine power forward. He's on an incredibly affordable contract. I think he's making like four million dollars this year and four million dollars next year. So he's got another year of team control out for this one upcoming. He's only twenty three. He's a pretty good rebounder. Like he's over the he's over the height of six foot six. So I, I think it was even Kevin O'Connor who put it in his ringer piece. Like if you traded Josh Hart in a second round pick, just spitball for like Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt like okay like that not a not a home run trade but it's a it's a it's a nice single up the middle makes you a little bit better you got a little more size which you desperately need um Beasley would be a good addition as well so this isn't a home run trade but it's one that you look at on surface and say all right not a bad little deal Vando is one of the he's six eight but plays like he's six ten because of his athleticism (laughs) and his length we love those guys in Portland I know (laughs) it's the Gary Payton thing he's the biggest six three guard in the league but like you can see it with GP right you see it when he plays you go okay that dude's six three but he he plays like he's six five six six sometimes you would have that with Vanderbilt, and then Beasley would give you some much-needed depth off the bench. No, a little scoring punch off the bench, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the important thing here. It's not necessarily about hitting a home run. They're, I just don't imagine they're going to be doing that. I no. think if they make trades, it's going to be Hart, and it's going to be Nurk. And then maybe Winslow's attached to that, maybe Keon's attached to it. It just depends who it is, but I think you're going to have two trades for Portland. I don't think it's just going to be one. Uh, we'll see if I'm wrong. But I went through and I, I listened to a bunch of podcasts. The national guys did all their stuff yesterday. Haynes and Stein didn't have anything on Portland. Nothing of note. They've been doing a lot of, like, Toronto Raptor, Washington Wizard, L.A. Lakers stuff. And Toronto's probably the most active team because they might be tearing the whole thing down. That's a podcast I would tell you right now. Subscribe to it or listen to it because it's. I think it's hashtag this league is the name of the podcast. Those two dudes are as plugged into the league as anybody. Uh, I listened to the Zach Lowe and Kevin Pelton podcast. That one was pretty good because they gave us about four or five potential deals that Portland could be looking to make. Mm-hmm. And I got I wrote them down. Uh, the Bill Simmons one I turned on. I mean, he basically says they should just trade Jeremy Grant with Yusuf Nurkic and just for what? Uh, yeah. That, that was exactly what I was thinking when I was listening to it. So they just traded a future first-round pick to go get Jeremy Grant, and yeah. now we're going to trade him. Yeah, because it's not going well. So just keep Damon Ant and just trade oh. Jeremy Grant with Nurk okay. just to get rid of Nurkic. Because Nurk, he does note, and I think this is fair, Nurkic's contract <laughs> is awful. It's a horrible deal. It's, it was awful when they signed him. It's still it's even worse today. That was the, It was the punishment of tanking. I mean, yeah. they had to get him to sit down in the back half of the year in a contract year, and they had to give him a guarantee that if, if you help us tank— We'll give yeah. you. We'll get you paid in the offseason. Well, that's an agency business thing too. Yeah. You don't want the agency to feel disrespected. He's a client. He's a clutch client, and you know, I think Joe negotiated some of his deal through clutch, so he's kind of a clutch guy. Yeah. I I still didn't like it. I I know the cost of doing business still don't like it. Uh, here is some of the chatter from the national pundits. The name that sticks out the most, Ant Simons. Okay, Ant Simons is included in almost every scenario of a trade that they throw out with Portland. Uh, Kevin Pelton gave this one. I thought this one was interesting. Ant and Nurkic for DeRozan and Caruso. Or no, he said Ant and Hart for DeRozan and Caruso. I'm listening. You're listening. I'm listening. What are you What are you listening for? That's done. I'm done talking. It's over immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like DeRozan is a, the mid range assassin. Yeah. He's had a great renaissance of his career in Chicago. Caruso, I've always been a fan of. Caruso would guy. be amazing to have. Good energy He's guy such off a the good bench. Perimeter defender. Yeah. Good, good defender. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably pull the trigger on you that. You would. I probably would. Okay. Zach Lowe throws out Ant Nurk for DeRozan and Vucevic. Yeah. I'd do that. Really? I would. Okay. Anything that includes getting rid of Yusuf Nurkic, I'm probably going to say yes to. Let me ask you this, and then we'll go. We'll come back with this. Would fans be upset if the team chose to trade Shaden instead of trading Ann? Depends on what the return is. Well, I was was going going to break. Sorry. Sorry, I just ruined your tease. Sorry. I just took a big old dump all over your good tease. Uh, Yeah, it's okay. Next! (laughs) We dive in. Next on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, welcome back in. We got KJ Wright, former Seattle Seahawk. Look at us, back-to-back Seahawk uh, players on our show. As we had Chad Brown yesterday, he's going to have sushi for his Super Bowl party. Controversial choice. I mean, I respect it, but it's that I've never heard somebody do that before. Um... Yeah, I do the white sushi. I can only eat California rolls because there's no real seafood in it, <laughs> and I love wasabi. But if you gave me some California rolls, I, I wouldn't be mad at that option. I love the fat guy sushi, like the deep-fried crispy ones. Oh, oh my yeah. God, they're oh. so good. Sushi's good. I don't think so that's controversial. Good. No, I mean, I love sushi. I could eat sushi every week. Yeah. Super Bowl. I just, I, I, it's not computing. You're in thinking my brain. like deep fried foods and yeah. pizza and yeah. yeah. Fatty. The tough part is, yeah. is if you're doing like good sushi and you're having a, that gets expensive real quick. It does. <laughs> yes, have, it, it does. If you have a crew, you better have had a nice sized NFL uh, <laughs> career. So, all the trade scenarios for the trade chatter for the Portland Trailblazers seemingly revolving around Anthony Simons. That's encouraging to me, at least. I, I'm glad at least his name's getting thrown out there. Well, I, here's the thing about the national guys I don't think any of them ever have a real feel for what Portland is currently in. Yeah, it's not a guarantee that he's going to get traded, but the the fact that we went like three weeks ago from a quote saying he is, they're not listening at all to at least him gets his name getting thrown out there. I'm with you. I don't think they're 100% plugged in, and I don't think he's going to get traded, but it's fun to talk about, and they should be listening. Well, a, a, a trade of that caliber, that's a summertime trade. They're not make, That's not a deadline deal. The deadline is going to be Hart and Nurk, and we're going to get roll guys, okay? So let's mentally prepare for that. Let's stop putting expectations that they're trading maybe cornerstone franchise-type guys at the deadline. That's not happening. That's going to be in the summer, or as many people have said, maybe by next deadline well, until you see that move. Knock on wood. We hope it's going to happen. Yeah. There's I, no guarantee it does, you're but right. we hope that it is going to at some point happen. Would, would fans be upset if the team picked Ant over Shaden and said, no, we're going to do Dame Ant and we're trading Shaden Sharp? Yeah, I mean, to, to answer the question again, I think it all depends. What do you get in return for Shaden? If, if, if it's not a... If it ain't a 6'8 wing, right, you're going to be no. exactly what you were with Damon CJ. Yeah, and then my answer is yes. I think we would be pissed about that because it's the same experiment. And I, I think a lot of us have that fear that it's not going to ultimately work out. And so if you're giving up Shaden and it's because the team is totally blowing it up and they look at him as a future star and that's the reason they want to make that deal and you can get something legitimate in return as in a, a bona fide all-star caliber player or an, or an actual all-star, then maybe you're willing to. But if you're trading him just to trade him as a part of another deal, like some of these trades you're mentioning in the last segment, nothing against DeMar DeRozan and Alex Caruso, uh-huh. uh, but losing a guy like that. And for those two, I don't know if fans are 100% in on that. I mean, one's an all-star, one's not. Yeah, like I, I'm just I'm playing kind of the game here, but to that listener's point, you get an all star and an elite perimeter defender, and what are we we're doing the CJ thing again? You might not think you are, but you kind of are. You're doing the well, it seems seems like a bit much to be giving up for that. <laughs> it's like wait. Really? To be giving up for the all-star player and the elite perimeter defender for yeah. the non-all star? What's DeMar DeRozan's contract? I'd have to look that up. Uh, I don't Has have it. Has he got a big one? Uh, I mean, I assume it's a it's DeMar DeRozan. I assume it's a hundred something million dollars. He just signed in Chicago, right? So yeah. he is on he signed an eighty one point nine million dollar deal. Oh, that's right, because he he was thought he was going to the Lakers and then that fell through. They chose Russ. So he signed a three year eighty one yeah. million dollar deal. So I mean you could probably have one more year. One left. more year. Yeah. Is it a is it an option year or is it a full year? Full year guaranteed. He's an unrestricted free agent in twenty twenty after the twenty three twenty four season. Well, and that dude played you know, he played in Toronto for a long time. He played in San Antonio for a decent amount of time. It's not like he's opposed to staying in a small market no. where maybe he's he has a good situation. So I wouldn't even look at DeMar and say, well, 
it's only for one more year. I don't know if it's worth it. I think you could convince him to stay mm-hmm. if it went well with Dame and, and company. Doesn't him and don't even Dame randomly have a really good relationship? They're the same agency. Yeah, they I, share agencies. I remember like at Dame's wedding photos, Demar Derozan yeah. was all over the place. You're like Demar Derozan, really? But but here, this is kind of my point, man, and 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 why it's kind of hard, I think, to operate in any trade here in Portland. That specific text, you're giving up a lot for that, and I'm like. But there's no all-star that you're shipping out, no, and you're getting one in return. No, and where's your confidence level right now that Anthony Simons will be an all-star in the Western Conference in the next three years? I, I don't know where my confidence would be, but like, if you're not going to go get at a perimeter, you know, high-end wing, guys, we already saw that story. I know Ant is maybe for some people better than CJ, but I already saw that story. If you're going to give me Mo Harkless next to him, it ain't going to work. I don't care. I don't care if he averages four more points than CJ ever did. He's not a good defender. That irrefutable. Mm-hmm. What he does on offense is it, you just you're going to lose it. You're going to lose a, a shot creator, and that's a really hard thing to lose. That's why I didn't have a problem with the contract. He is a high end shot creator in this league, and that's an absolute value. But shipping him out in return for an all star like. We have got to stop living with every younger player being shipped, thinking everybody's going to be Jermaine O'Neal. No, by the way, how many titles did Jermaine O'Neal win as a one? He did not win any. They were largely a second-round team in Indiana. He was a great player. I would have loved him in Portland, Mm -hmm. but it's not like that thing came back to bite us and he won three or four championships. It's not Bowie Jordan. So I'm just saying we got to stop acting like us trading Ant for a mid-range winged uh, player in DeMar DeRozan. We're like we're just getting egregiously ripped off there. <laughs> yeah, for a guy that's averaging nearly twenty-seven points, five rebounds, and five assists a game, and is an all-star in the Eastern Conference, his sixth time being an NBA All-Star. Yeah, and he's only thirty-three. It feels like Demar Derozan's been around a long time. He's only thirty-three, so the timeline fits with Dame. And I think that's always been the question this year: is you've got two different things working at the same time. It's very complicated to pull that off. And I remember all the way back to the day of the draft and the aftermath of the draft, one of the things that I was most excited about, about them taking Shaden Sharp, was one, the promise and potential of what he could turn into, but also the fact that I did think it freed you up to have the ability to trade Anthony Simons. One, because they're both technically two guards. I mean, Shaden Sharp, if we're talking about his best fit in the NBA, it is probably as a two guard long term. But you're in these two, you know, win now and rebuild modes. If you made a trade like this and you got rid of Anthony Simons and you brought in a DeMar DeRozan in return, that that accelerates your win now mentality a little bit. But guess what? You still have waiting in the wings coming off the bench. You still have the seventh overall pick who's 19 years old, who's incredibly raw because he hasn't played basketball in a year until this year. And he's shown you some flashes like that. That can be your future. But do you have time to wait for flashes, I guess. But here's the thing. This is the difference, though. I don't think with Shaden Sharp, you need it. Shaden Sharp can be a bench guy. That's fine for two or three years. As long as the guy that's alongside Damian Lillard is a bona fide all-star. He didn't have that right now. Jaden Grant's or uh, uh, Jeremy Grant's not a a bona fide all-star. We thought maybe this was the year that a second blazer could do it. He didn't do it. Uh, Anthony Simons, we thought, hey, maybe this is the year he pops and you get another all-star in the Western Conference. It didn't happen. They're having fine years. They're not all-star caliber players, though. And so I think Shaden Sharp coming off the bench, like you can have a guy that's your eighth guy off the bench that's slowly developing and can be a part of your future plans while also trying to win now. I, I think it threads the needle a little bit easier of you're trying to do two things at once, and it's just really complicated to do that in the NBA. I just think the tough thing is it's not to dis- – disparage Anthony Simons or say he's not this or that it I know what his value is I know I know what he brings the tough thing is unless you're gonna tell Swag, are you typing with your microphone on like sorry <laughs> we're just doing a show in office space uh if you're to trade him though if you're to trade Shaden put account speaking the, the tough thing for me is just like you're you're assuming they're getting that wing and I don't know if I can live in that assumption. I I was sold a bill of goods for a decade that they were going to do that, and they never did. Everybody wants an elite wing in the NBA. And we're they are not like, a dime a dozen. Well, but to everybody's point on the podcast that I listened to yesterday, when they talked about this, Ant's the one with the value. Shaden's got value. Ant has better value. Yeah, he's a 20-point-per-game-already guy in the yeah. NBA who's on an incredibly team-friendly contract he, for the a next three years. sub-$30 million-a-year player. Jeremy Grant might cost you $30 million a year. He might. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if he did. But the value is Ant, more so than Shaden. Yeah. And I just, you got to operate on value 
in terms of talking about win now. So you trade Shaden, maybe a Toronto situation pops up and it's Shaden and, you know, you get past this Bulls pick thing and then it's picks and, you know, all that. Maybe it's a Pascal Siakam. Then it would, I, I would be cool if it was Dame Ant, Pascal Siakam, Jeremy Grant and fill in the, the blank center. Hell yeah, I'm all in. in. I'm in. in. That's a great move. And if Cronin can pull it off, man, I'll, I'll, I'll send flowers to his house. But I, I don't know if I can operate as a fan slash media member in the assumption that they can get that. Yep. And and you if you think so, man, you better be careful putting your eggs in that basket. Because if you lose Shaden and you go, well, yeah, damn man, we're going to get the wing. Okay. You need somebody to want to be here, first of all. You need them to be available, and you financially have to make it work. So I just, there's a lot of questions if you trade Shaden versus like, you trade Ant, I know you're going to get some decent return, and it's yeah. probably going to be in an area of need. Yeah, and, and and I think those Chicago trades would, would be great. I, I am of the mindset, though, I mean, you're, what you're going to get in the next week is heart and nurkage. We all know that. And I just, I'm, my, my hope is that you're getting at least somebody in return for Hart that just fits a little bit better. I love Josh Hart. I love the way he plays. I think the only question is, one, it's a bad spot for him because he's an undersized you know, he's starting at the small forward spot. That's not his primary position. It shouldn't be. And so it just he's already at a detriment there. He's not a great spot-up shooter. And so that's something that you kind of need when you're alongside Dame and you're, you're alongside Anthony Simons. And you get me a center with a heartbeat. You get me a seven-footer that can grab rebounds. It's going to play his butt off every single night. Like, if Drew Eubanks was seven feet tall, he'd be the perfect solution because he plays his ass off every single night. He's 6'9", six, he's, six he's already better than Nerf. He's already better than him, and he's, he's yeah, he's losing out three, four inches on him, uh, but he, he plays hard every night. He just He's at a disadvantage from time to time because of his size, and there's just going to be matchups where he gets eaten alive because he can't guard a guy that's that much bigger than him. Mm-hmm. And so you desperately need a center... Uh, that just has a pulse every single game that they're playing, and it's going to bring effort every single game that they're playing. And so as long as Portland accomplishes those two things in the next week, I'm going to be okay with it. And then you just remain hopeful that these trades that we're talking about now, and Ann for DeMar DeRozan, these type of big-time deals that bring an all-star back in return, you just you cross your fingers and hope that Joe Cronin has the ability to pull that trigger. I'll say this because I saw this tweet late from our producer. <clears throat> we get to K.J. Wright. Um I, I I moved my – I will be very surprised if Yusuf Nurkic is on this team after the deadline. I'm, I'm, I, I'm that – I'm all the way convinced they will do anything to get rid of him. Yeah. I don't think we'll see him play another game. I think his last game is going to be two minutes, hurting his calf, limping off the court. I don't think we see him again. And I, I don't want to be wrong there. I hope I'm right. I'd be okay with that. Uh, but, yeah. I, Thanks I, for the years, and best of luck wherever you're going. Yeah, I feel like the whole city's that way. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, I think it was I think it was Hiken or maybe it was Gunderson. I think it was Gunderson on their podcast on the Rose Garden Report made a great observation because Gunderson was at one of the last home games and he goes, you know, when Nurkic subbed out, usually it's like for Yusuf Nurkic and it's like a hey, yeah, good ride. Hey. He goes, people aren't reacting to him anymore. No, and in this city. That's his like biggest tell of like, yeah, we're kind of done. We know basketball. We know we understand it, yeah. and we we know the writing's on the wall there. It's it's time for a fresh start for both parties, and I hope it happens desperately. We got Sprague's basket blue balls. We might need a segment the day Yusuf is uh, traded for Swag to have his like Yusuf is traded blue balls. <laughs> yeah. to burst. Just a rant for five straight minutes about Nurkic. Not I've never here anymore. I, I've never seen a player that Swag hates more than Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think for a non-seven-footer, it's the thought of looking at a seven-footer and saying, why can't you play as a seven-footer? If I was a seven-footer, I'd play like a seven-footer. Stop putting the ball down. Yes. Just go up and be big. You're big. <laughs> be big. Uh, we'll spread the line an hour from right now, so get those spreading line sponsors in. I don't know what we're going to gamble on. Swag's going to gamble on English Premier League, I guess. And we got all-star festivities going on. Uh, but coming up next, former Seattle Seahawks great, the linebacker extraordinaire, our good friend K.J. Wright. Stops in to talk all things football. Uh, he joins us for the Daily Ticker next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit Stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. 
You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Friday. Excited for this one. A good friend of the show, a guy we've had on a couple of times over the years. Used to hang out with him up at Seahawks camp. Uh, K.J. Wright, former member of the Seattle Seahawks, 11-year NFL veteran, Super Bowl champion, at K.J. underscore Wright 34 on Twitter. Go give him a follow. K.J., first off, good morning to you, man. How, what's K.J. Wright doing these days? How's retirement treating you? Good morning, good morning. Retirement is great. Uh, my wife, she just left me for um, five, six days, so I got three kids all to myself. <laughs> so um, please pray for me. We got basketball practice, volleyball practice, and cook and clean. So, yeah, that daycare around here. Are, are you coaching? Are you coaching any of the sports? See, I want to coach um, my daughter's volleyball squad, but she oh. just tells me to stay out the way. And so um, I just coach on the side when, when she gives them with her games and practices. So, uh, I would love to. I would love to coach volleyball. It's pretty fun. I love it. Man. Is it? Weird? I've always wanted to ask a retired athlete this. Like, it's got to be hard to wrap your mind around. Re- like, the retirement age for athletes is so different than normal jobs. Like, all of us, yeah. we work. Like, it's like, hey, hopefully, I can retire by the time I turn sixty or whatever. Like, that's what our mindset is. How weird yeah. is that to like leave your profession that you've done your entire life at such a, I mean, relatively young age? It's so strange. It's definitely unfamiliar territory. Just think about it. I've been playing football since I was maybe nine, ten years old. And you just do it in high school. You do it in college. You do it your entire adulthood. And then it just literally stops. Like, it stops and you go cold turkey. And so it's, um, you know, definitely unfamiliar. Um, I knew that I was at peace because I gave, I gave the game everything I had. I gave it every ounce. I spent so much time. I had so many injuries. I'm like, I am literally on empty right now. And so um, I'm, I'm at peace because you know, I go to the Seahawks game. I can watch the games. I'm happy. I'm cheering for them. I can go to practices here and there, see the fellas. And so the hardest part about saying goodbye is definitely the fellas on a day-to-day basis. Like, yeah. I saw my best friends every single day. And so when you come on the other side, you really have to be adamant about making phone calls, setting up lunch with the fellows. And so um, that's, that is the hardest part about saying goodbye to the game. Well, and, and you, you obviously you choose the right time for your body and, and, and your mind and you're ready to go. But then like the time comes where you're no longer going to camp and you're no longer playing. And it sounds like mm-hmm. you figured this out. But some athletes, KJ, they retire and we see them on TV and you're like, yo, that that dude's been eating and he's been enjoying his life. And some guys, they retire and you're like, yo, that used to be an offensive lineman and now he's as skinny as I am. <laughs> did you have to get like the diet regimen? And and what did you do right away? Like how odd was it for you to not have such a scheduled calendar where it's like lift weights here, film break down there, practice this time? Mm-hmm. Like did you have to create your own kind of schedule to kind of adapt to that lifestyle? Absolutely. And, and you have to understand, like my body has been on a clock for my entire adulthood. And so when I kid you not, when training camp hit, my body, I just your body just gets going. You just feel antsy. You're just like, man, I should be doing something right now. Yeah. And the first week of the football season, I, I was watching on TV. My hair started standing up on my on my skin. I was like, man, something's not right here. I should be playing ball. And so, um, you know, that'll probably won't leave it for a while. But um, for me personally, my lifelong goal is to never get over 250 pounds. Um, I weigh 252 right now, so I need to go get on the Peloton. <laughs> and so, um, man, I'm, I'm disappointed in myself. But um, you have to stay on it. You got to make sure you eat right, drink right, get your rest. 
And so um, because you can go either way, and I want to go on the skinny side versus the big side. Well, it's not easy to stay in shape when you're chasing those kids around. You know, it's not hard. You know, yeah. it's hard to fit it into the schedule when I got to go exercise and meal prep and all that kind of stuff. That's not easy to do. I, you know, one of the the big stories this week in the NFL is obviously Tom Brady retiring, and we don't need to talk about the Super Bowl memory. But I'm just curious, man. Like, you know, you played for so many years in this era, and a lot of these all-time great quarterbacks are either on their way out or already on their way or already out. What was it like competing against him? What was he like as a, you know, as, as a, you know, as a linebacker, you're looking across the way there's Tom Brady. What was that experience like for you? Right. People ask me all the time, who's the best player I've ever played. And without hesitation, I say it's Tom Brady. You just look at his, first of all, the resume he's put together. I mean, all decade team, you know, seven Super Bowls, but his presence on the field, it was separates him from the rest of the quarterbacks that I played against. I mean, this man is just so laser focused. He's so poised, and no matter what the situation is in the ball game, you have got to find a way to finish until that clock hits three zeros. I mean, he's just the ultimate pro. Just talking to, you know, seeing his teammates talk, his teammates love him, his teammates respect him. And, um, you know, I put Tom Brady's name, you know, above the MJs, the Tigers. In my eyes, that's the best athlete to, to ever step foot on a football in any, any type of uh, sport. Hands down. KJ, you had such a unique experience where obviously you, you you play for so long, you have this great career, you guys won a Super Bowl, you come close to a second one. It's just a, an incredible run. I'm, I'm curious, you have a former teammate that went into television this year on prime time, and there was a game involving the Denver Broncos that he was at, and it ended <laughs> with an interception. And look, Richard Sherman has been no stranger to the noise and talking about the interception and uh, how he feels and kind of giving his feelings and thoughts on Russell Wilson as a teammate on the defensive side. What did, what do you make of the spectacle of seeing your former teammate on TV talking about your former quarterback uh, during a game and and, in a post game? You know, what's funny about that is that as, as ruthless as the world thought that Sherm was, I thought that Sherm was very nice. I thought that Sherm did a very job <laughs> and um expressing his emotions because I've been on the you know, I've been in, you know, lunch and I was like, Okay, this man is okay. He's being very friendly right now. And so just to see him talk about Russ, I mean, I believe that first and foremost that situation has scarred us all, right? Just in the red zone, games on the line. Um, you got a bunch of downs to get it done and you choose to pass and it's an interception. And the, the most ironic thing about that play was that Nathaniel Hackett called the same type of concept that we that was intercepted in the Super Bowl. And you looked at Russ, he's scarred as well. Russ didn't even look at that option. Yeah. It was wide open. Mm-hmm. Russ didn't even look at it. He chose to go somewhere else. And um yeah, to see Sherm talk about Russ, I mean he's in the media, that's that's his job, that's what he has to do. And um but he and he have to be honest. And so he was definitely honest as much as he could have been, but um he was definitely friendly when he was um, on that Thursday night football segment. <laughs> where, where's KJ Wright on that topic? It's such a, it's, a, it's interesting to us, right? Because we'd be at Seahawks camp and we all watched, watched you guys have that incredible run and to watch the way it kind of ended with the defense going to one side and the quarterback on this side and then kind of just the comments coming on both, both ways. Like, where's KJ Wright on the Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks and the way it kind of ended thing? It, it was all such a big disappointment. I looked at it. I looked at what divided us and what separated us. And to me, in my eyes, it was all about who deserves the most credit. Like, is it the defense? Um, is it the Legion of Boom? Is it Russell Wilson? Is it Marshawn Lynch? And I'm like, who the hell cares, guys? Right. Like, we are winning. We're dominant. We are doing something so special. But I believe that, like, when you look at the alpha presence, the egos that come with football, this is the stuff that comes with the game, Right. And so, um, you know, I wish that we could have gotten maximized our talent as much as we could because we would have been a dynasty. If we got, if we got the second Super Bowl, we are a dynasty, and we are getting a third one. And so um, we definitely lost that one. It divided the team. It crumbled us. Uh, we didn't trust each other for the longest. And so it was very unfortunate how it ended. But, man, you best believe, like, in that time when we were up and coming and we did get to the Super Bowl, that was the time of my life. 
Yeah, I mean, you're still going, what, 20 years since the team's won back-to-back Super Bowls, and you guys were a yard away from doing it. That's a, probably the closest anybody's We're, we're kind of being mean to him. All we're talking about is the loss I know, of the I Super Bowl bad. and not the dominant Super I've, Bowl win. That they I know, had. the blowout of the Denver Broncos, <laughs> the, the snap over Manning's head on, for, on the first play of the game. Let me ask you about this year's Seahawks, though, man. I mean, they I, we're, Look, we're a couple of idiots, so we looked at them like, man, this, this team's not going to be very good. Russ is gone. They're rebuilding. It's kind of a, a new chapter of Seahawks football, and here they come. They make the playoffs. I know it didn't end well the way that they wanted yeah. to in another blowout to San Francisco, but were you surprised? What'd you see, and what do you make of the future of the Seahawks? I was the only person on the planet that predicted nine wins. I have it on record. I said it. I said that Coach Carroll is going to find a way to bring out the best in this, in this inexperienced football team. But here's the thing, fellas. When you look at this roster, there are a lot of holes in this roster. This roster is not ready to compete for championships. They're not even close to ready to compete for championships. They have a lot of pieces to add to this football team with the defensive line, with the interior offensive line, with the linebackers. There's a lot of stuff you have to get figured out. And so um, it's cool. You get your nine wins. You get to the playoffs. You get blown out by the Niners. You best believe if they don't address the free agency properly, mm-hmm. if they don't draft properly, then it could it could get a little shaky for this team. And so they have to make a lot of good decisions going to this offseason. And I believe it starts with figuring out what's happening with Geno Smith. Yeah. KJ, I got a two-part question. And I, I need the first question to answer before I ask you the second question. <laughs> when they were going to snap the ball against when you guys played Denver, could you just get a sense that that dude was about to pee down his leg? Like, did you feel like they were nervous and scared watching you guys line up across from them? I, I didn't. I didn't feel that. I did not feel that. I felt like, okay, we're, everyone's ready. It's the biggest game of both of our lives. Let's battle. Uh, and the second question would be, what is this week like for Super Bowl teams? It, it, for sports fans, it kind of sucks because it's like it's a weird week. Like we're excited, and then it's a down week. And then, hey, we're excited again because the game's going to get played. What's it like as a player to have this down week is it a benefit? Is it? Would you rather just line it up and play the week after the conference championships week? What's this week like for from for the players' perspective? No, most definitely a bye week is definitely needed because there are so many things that we have to figure out as players. I mean, they give us fifteen Super Bowl tickets, and so you have to call your fifteen most favorite people on the planet. <laughs> and best believe, number sixteen and seventeen, they, they are they are not they're not happy. And um, so you have to get that figured out. You have to get flights figured out. Where's your family staying? And, um, you know, let guys take care of the body, self-scout. And um, But you best believe when you step foot on that plane to go to your destination, it is all business. Every, nothing matters but winning this championship. Family, leave me alone. Um, girlfriend, leave me alone. I am focused on winning a Super Bowl. And so um, it's definitely a, a fun week, but definitely when you get on that plane, it, it's all business. What do you make of this year's matchup, man? I mean, I'm excited for you. you got Mahomes obviously back third time in five years. Philly has been such an elite team all year, and they're so well-balanced. The defense is good. The offensive line is the best in the league. Like, What, what are some of the storylines of the matchups you're looking forward to, and how do you think this one plays out? Yeah, I just want to see a really, really good football game, and I, I believe that it will be. You have two phenomenal quarterbacks and um, two defenses. This is number one sack defense and the number two sack defense with Philly and the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, when I look at the Eagles, I'm trying to look at how can I exploit this team, both offensively and defensively, and I don't see a single hole, um, a single weakness in this Philadelphia football team. And so I believe that you have a phenomenal quarterback, phenomenal run game, two outstanding receivers. I mean, it's just no holes, no weaknesses. And so I do believe that the game is going to come down to the wire. But I got Jalen Hurts and the Eagles finding a way to pull this yeah. one off. Yeah, they they look like a good team, and I think you'd have to agree with everything you just said. They they're the slightly better team. What who was who was the aunt, the cousin, the friend? Who was sixteenth on the ticket cutoff list? That like that conversation's not fun, and they're fighting it a little bit, and they're kind of pissed because they didn't make the cut. It's funny because my cousins they came over. Um, yes, you know, I saw them yesterday, and we we actually talked about the Super Bowl, and they were talking about how they had to watch the game at the house. Um, <laughs> my cousin he watched it, and he was, he was crying. It's you know, tears of joy, obviously. Right. But he was like, I should have been there. Because, um, they showed my family during the game when we were on the sideline. The confetti was falling. And so imagine you're number 16 and 17 looking at all your family members on national TV. So it is what it is. They should have been better cousins. But uh, <laughs> no, 
this one, though. Wow, they should have been better. <laughs> they didn't make the cut, man. They didn't make the cut. That is it. unbelievable. What a heavy requirements there. I know you want to lose weight, man, but like, what do you want to eat for Super Bowl Sunday? I feel like that's the day everybody has to just throw the diet out the window, <laughs> sit down, watch some football, and eat some food that makes you feel good. Absolutely, and I will be doing just that. Um, last year we had a fish fry. That cousin came over. We cooked some fish and some hush puppies and some fries. And so mm. you got to enjoy yourself on Super Bowl Sunday. No, no diet. I don't want to see any salads or asparagus on Super Bowl Sunday. Amen. Now we're talking, baby. KJ Wright, eleven-year NFL vet, Super Bowl champion with the Seattle Seahawks at KJ underscore Wright thirty-four on Twitter. Now go give him a follow. Uh, first off, man, great to catch up with you again. We always enjoy the conversations. Glad you're in the media. Uh, you know world now with us so it's going to be a lot of fun hopefully we can do this again soon thanks as always for the time man we appreciate it there you go kj right man good stuff from kj did you hang up on him yeah geez it'll give him a chance to say goodbye at least so uh there you go kj right friend of the show awesome to hear him he's going to be in the radio biz in the northwest here for years to come so awesome to hear from kj right couple other uh texts i want to respond to coming up next also a re- return of a fan favorite segment despite the haters that's next on the <laughs> I like this one from Pete the Jailbird. We'll have a, mo- a lot more on this next week. It's that weird week before the Super Bowl week. Uh, but he said, I heard you guys talking about Super Bowl sushi. Yeah. i got to tell you about my new tradition. I make the most famous dishes from the team cities. So he said, this year, I'm making a little Kansas City barbecue and Philly cheesesteaks. Oh, okay. That's a good idea. So last year, he did the Cincinnati spaghetti thing versus some street tacos oh, for okay. Los Angeles. Yeah. Fun. Breaks up the monotony of the same thing. Pizza Wait, wings every year. L.A. is street tacos. When you think L.A., you think street tacos? I mean, I don't really know if there's anything else that stands out in my mind over street tacos. I mean, L.A. has pretty amazing seafood. Okay. Okay. There is an ocean right next to there, it. There is. There's an ocean right there. It's a valid point. L.A. is a great food city. Um, but I like. I was like, that's kind of funny. Make a little KC barbecue, a little Philly cheesesteak. Smart move. I like that. That's yeah. a veteran move right there. You get the two things going at the same time. One random note too on the Super Bowl before I get to uh, a return of a fan favorite segment. God, Philly cheesesteaks sound amazing. Sounds I delightful. Those in a long time. Sounds delightful. Did you see Schefter's tweet about the jerseys? What did the editor tell him to tweet? <laughs> did you see this one yesterday? I'm going to go see if I can find Jerseys. it. Jerseys. Uh, oh, the white thing. Yeah. Yeah. God, this is the stupidest, <laughs> dumb thing that people pretend to care about that actually dictates people gambling. It cracks me up because I feel like you can make an argument no matter who you're gambling on. So uh, Schefter tweeted yesterday, they, they released their team photos for the Super Bowl. They're all ready to go. The Chiefs are wearing their white jerseys for the Super Bowl. The ice whites. The ice whites with yeah. the red pants, I'm assuming. Okay, So that means the Eagles are rocking their greens probably with the white pants. And Schefter <laughs> adds to the tweet, for what it's worth, the team wearing white jerseys has won 15 of the last 18 Super Bowls. Yeah. You know what people immediately pointed out? You know what one of those three teams that lost in white jerseys was? The Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs. <laughs> Oh, they wore white against Tampa? They wore white against Tampa. God, okay, okay. They wore red okay. against the 49ers. That's right, they did. And they won the Super and Bowl. And the Niners lost because they, they wore white. Aha! That's so, why Jimmy missed that pass. That they is. were wearing white. They would have been rocking those sweet red unis. They would have hit that long <laughs> touchdown pass. It would have happened. Such a stupid thing to care about. Uh, we had a meeting last week, uh, last Friday after the show, chatting with some sales folks, and I, it, it was brought to my attention that my Take Quake segment was a fan favorite, and people wanted to return. So is it Take Quakes or Quake? takes take you, you, quakes you've done both renditions i know i play both sides of this so thing. which one are you doing take quakes take quakes we're gonna stick with take quakes i you know we did we had some pushback against the take quakes <laughs> it was like keep trying to make it a thing i don't think it's a thing oh it's a thing it's gonna be a thing you know i'm getting that reaction to basket blue balls and i know it's a little bit of a funky segment we're gonna work this out though i'm riding this train until i get it figured out just don't make it the nfl elimination segment and we'll be okay no dead zombie sounds and we'll be all right we'll move on we don't need to address that again and at least I can say when I look back on this incredibly mediocre career of mine, I yeah. can say I had at least three of the top five worst segments responsible in our show's history. Well, some people think my Take Quake segment is that. Okay. And I have a new Take Quake yes. to throw at you. Bring it to me. Shake it to me. And I feel like this is a pretty good Take Quake. All right. Okay? Yeah. So, obviously, what was it, Wednesday that Brady retired? Did that happen Wednesday? It's all, who cares? Anyways, Tom Brady retired. Yes. For the second time. <laughs> it's great. 
Maybe. Greatest quarterback of all time. Eh, nobody cares. Uh, do you know who Sean O'Hara is? Oh, I do know who Sean O'Hara is. Former Giants offensive lineman. Okay, I actually could not remember him at all until I saw this, and I was like, he said, he says something about the draft. I'm like, wait, Sean O'Hara played in the NFL, but he did. He was a former Giants. Was offensive he guard lineman. or a center? I don't know. He, he was w- one of those. I think he was part of their Super Bowl, one of their Super Bowl teams in 07 or okay. 11, and he's been on Good Morning Football a few times. Yes, and he was on the day that Tom Brady retired. Okay, so Sean O'Hara's on there. He lost a lot of weight, by the way. He looks great. Every offensive his... lineman does, man. Look at Jeff Saturday. <laughs> from his former playing days. I saw somebody uh, with a video saying, with Tom Brady, there's only a good, bad, and ugly take. The good is he's the GOAT. The bad is uh, he lost his family or something. Basically, there's only so many takes you can have when Tom Brady retires, which is an accurate take. And then Sean O'Hara came in to the ring. Said, ding, ding, ding. Here's my take, Quake. This is Sean O'Hara on the NFL Network Wednesday. This is a, a huge moment, not just for Tom Brady, not just for the NFL, but like for all of us. You know, look, uh, people remember where they were when JFK was assassinated. You remember where you were with 9 11. Can I tell you something? Can I interrupt you real quick? He, his first start was a week after 9 11. That's how long ago he's been playing. I, was, I came out the same year as him, 2000, and he's still playing. 23 years. That's a long time. But I'm going to remember this. Like, I'm going to remember who I'm with. Uh, Kyle's going to remember he was in Vegas. Um, You're going to remember where you were when Tom Brady announced his official retirement. And it sounds like this one's for real. I mean, 9-11, JFK assassination, Tom Brady retirement. The three biggest moments in American history. We have a real problem (laughs) when we equate things that aren't as real as other big monumental events that are tragic that's a good take quake is that not a good take quake that's a take quake well we're seeing this in politics where almost every single thing is set up by you know a nazi germany and then it proceeds to say that like the school is accepting of 10 kids (laughs) it's like i don't think that's the same thing i don't think it's the same and we're doing this in sports as well and we need to stop where were you where were you when you found out tom brady retired i was doing a radio show (laughs) I'll always remember that. I, you know, I'll, I'll uh, never forget that the rest of my life. I mean, never. I'll remember it, but like it's nine eleven, <laughs> a president being assassinated in front of an entire city. Like somebody put the video. Can we up. stop? What are we doing? He played football. The man's life what? was playing a child's game. I know. So what sports? What sports moment? Jordan retiring in ninety three. Magic announcing his sudden retirement. Yeah, those like, are bigger than Yeah, Brady. the Magic retirement due to HIV. Yeah, is I the think Jordan only, too, though. Because Jordan the first time was in the prime of his career. Yep. His dad I don't remember died. where I just... was. At, oh, okay. I, yeah, for me, the I only like, like sports four. thing where I like the world stopped for a moment. That was, that was it? That was it. Okay. See, I remember more games and final results. Then I do like, hey, this guy hung him up. You know what's one I will remember? Yeah. And I'm glad it now has a happy ending. The DeMar Hamlin thing will be a thing that I remember for Absolutely. a long time. Like sitting, I remember being in the kitchen, making dinner. You guys were texting back and forth. Yeah. I had the game on in the background, not aware of what was happening. And I read a text on my iWatch, is this guy alive? And I'm like, what the hell's happening? I had to go, you know. I was glued to my couch. Yeah. I, and I didn't I, move the rest of the night. I will always remember that. Um, yeah. If you're going to go with a sport sports story, like comp it to sports. Right. Not the day that, you know, a president died or thousands thousands of of Americans were murdered. Yeah. Take quick. Pretty good take quick. And it Schrager almost seemed like he knew that O'Hara was like going in territory he shouldn't have. But then he just added to it. And oh, 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 by the way, let me cut you off. He started a week later after 9-11. Okay, you just kind of added. We said, "How about OJ? Yeah, OJ, Chase, uh, NBA Finals, yeah, NBA Finals, Live Bronco, Game Seven. That's one that's like, if you want to do that in historical perspective, sure, yeah, that makes sense. Antonio Brown flipping, but see, I still don't remember where exactly. I know I was watching the game, and all of a sudden they come up, but I can't tell you where I was or who I was with me, sort of thing. I I was upset. I remember being upset. I was eight years old, and I was pissed. I was pissed because I wanted to watch Game 7. Ah, yeah. And they shrunk the game just yeah. to show us the Bronco. And I had no, I'm, you know, I'm a child. I had no real reference of who O.J. Simpson was and the, the, the social, like, impact he had had, how celebrity he was. And I was irate. St- I don't care about this car! <laughs> Get the split screen off my TV! Elijah <laughs> backing down Ewing! Elijah Wan and Ewing. Here's a good one, too, with the text line. And I... <laughs> 
The Andrew Luck one I'll probably remember more than this. Yeah, I have vivid of memories the, of that. Because yeah. of the surprise factor of it. Sure. Like that to me, like the Jordan retiring the first time, that was, I mean, maybe it was more seen, uh, you know, at the time that I'm giving it credit for. But coming off a third NBA championship, his father just died. Like he'd only been in the league for however, you know, not that long, what, eight, nine years? It was a short career. But he, he played the Suns that year. If you go look at the numbers, they're probably the, I mean, they're like wilt level numbers in the finals. He averaged. I want to say he averaged almost forty points in the finals that series. Yeah, he torched the Suns. He was he was dominant. Um, what about the '89 earthquake? Was that a thing? Was that a? I mean, that had to have been. Yeah, a big the World game. Series. Where were you when that happened? Uh, I was uh, on campus. Dirt was at, with his father at UPS. Um, I was just coming back. Was I alive yet? I might have been alive. I think I, I was, was alive. Out administering. Uh, uh, intramural soccer game because I had that was my work study job. I was in charge of intramural sports, so I yeah. was out and somebody said something as I was walking back across campus. And- I'll never forget where I was when we found out Brett Favre sent a D pick. Yeah, it was a big deal. It, Kobe it actually wasn't a big deal. That Why was you, the disappointing factor. How do we not put Kobe dying into this? Yeah, Kobe's plane crash. I mean, if we're going sports analogies. But see, so. like, I, I, I just feel odd when we compare. Yeah, it's not uh, normal. It's uh, stupid. You know, and, and somebody's it's not satirical. You go watch the video. This, he was trying to think of a unique take on Tom Brady retiring. Yeah. Because there's only so many takes on Tom Brady retiring. And this is what he came up I, with. I just, you know, I get it. Like, we'll remember Tom Brady retiring if this is indeed the, the final retirement. And he was a great player. But, like, he's a billionaire athlete who's now just going to go make $300 million more million to talk about the sport that he just played for 20 years. And then we're going to go, I'll always remember it. Like, I'll remember when Kobe tragically died in a helicopter crash. It just feels weird to comp such non, in the grand scheme of things, important things to people losing their lives. Yes. I always feel uncomfortable with that. I'll also, last thing on this for me, and I, like, like we did this when when, uh, the Shans passed away. Like, he was, what, 93 years old when he passed away? 93, yeah. Like, that's an incredible life. Yeah. There's a different level of sadness when somebody passes away after living an incredible life for that many years and somebody who passes away at a young age, right? You felt like they were robbed of things to come. Tom Brady played for, like, 40 years in the NFL. This isn't sad. He was around for nearly three decades. Yeah. Like, this isn't a guy that had to walk away after seven years in the NFL because his knee got ripped up and he can't play the game anymore. Like, those are sad retirement stories. Andrew Luck, because he doesn't like the pain of getting hit. You're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. Tom Brady, it's like, yeah, he should have retired five years ago, probably. Definitely last year. So how about that take quake? It's a thing. The segment's back. People love it. They're demanding more. I'll oh, keep looking for take quakes. It's shaking the Portland airways. I love it. It is. It is. Text line's blowing up. Everybody's <laughs> fired up. Somebody said, uh, uh, sorry, last one on this. I know we're long. Basically saying we need to get Tasty Cakes Ooh. to be a sponsor for take quakes. I like that. Huh? Look at I that. Like, I, Synergy. Good thinking. That's good marketing right there. Synergy. See, hey. our sales staff poo-pooed it, <laughs> yeah. and we got listeners stepping into the sales department going, yo, now we're making money. What if we teamed them up with this? <laughs> no. Now we're making money. Um, all right, we got a lot to get to in the final hour. Spreg and Line coming up at 830. Get your fake sponsors in 503-250-1080. Are we buying this is the reason this head coaching job has not been filled yet? I want to start there next. on the. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.